This is a very serious podcast. So, Hannah, this morning at breakfast, we were talking about this. I was listening to the Dark Horse podcast, mm-hmm. which is uh, hosted by two uh, professors of yeah. evolutionary biology. Coming at you like a dark horse. So, I was listening to this, and they were talking about what they say are the three greatest medical advances of mankind. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Splanknicks, the Society for the Preservation of Literature, the Arts, Numinosity, Culture, Humor, (laughs) Nerdiness, Inspiration, Creativity, and Storytelling. And I, I tried to guess. Now, go ahead and, and, and say what your guesses were. Um, well, I didn't your guess. First, your first guess, you were right on the money. Yeah, well, I said antibiotics because we had been talking about antibiotics just a second ago. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. That's one of the greatest <clears throat> of the three greatest uh, medical advances. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> without it, without antibiotics, people were would die of what we would consider now something relatively simple. Mm-hmm. Well, like the plague was. The plague, exactly. That, you know what? That's what brought on this conversation. Oh, yeah, we, we were, were talking about the plague. As, talking about as the plague. You do, as you do over breakfast. Exactly. We always talk about things like that over breakfast. So we were mentioning <laughs> that the plague is not a threat anymore because we have antibiotics. It's mm-hmm. just a disease that's just taken care of with antibiotics. Yep. And, and, and that's how we got onto this conversation of the mm-hmm. three greatest things invented medically. Yep. And so antibiotics is definitely the first one because so many people... like. Some of the statistics of deaths in war and in combat, mm-hmm. or I should say not in combat, but deaths due to war, a huge percentage of them are due to infections developed after they've been injured in battle. Right. So they survive so, in the initial, like, initial gunshot or the initial... Or the bayonet attack. The bayonet or, or the... Uh, yeah, the cutlass or the, being stabbed or falling into the pit trap, you know, they they yeah. survive that but they but then they succumb to an infection later on. Right. And that uh doesn't happen very often anymore these days. No. Um yeah. So antibiotics, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so what was your second guess? I don't remember, but the second one is vaccines. Mhm. Which I didn't I didn't get because even though we have been talking about vaccines also. That's right. That was part of our breakfast conversation earlier. But yeah, but vaccines mm-hmm. are definitely vaccines? Mm-hmm. for dealing with a viral disease. Mm-hmm. Vaccines are a truly, truly, I mean, a game changer. That even mm-hmm. sounds just not good enough. That it's mm-hmm. it's one of the most momentous medical developments ever is a, yep. a vaccine. And um, and then the other one that you guessed, I guessed anesthesia. And that is not correct, according to. Um, the, these podcasters, their names are uh, Dr. Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying. Uh-huh. They do not list anesthesia in their top three, mm-hmm. but they do list surgery. So their top three are vaccines, antibiotics, and surgery. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I think, I think anesthesia should re- should replace surgery among yeah. the top three. It, I, I, um. I think it's a I think it's a better answer if I do say so myself. Yeah, because I've thought about that myself after hearing this podcast. I thought to myself, I I disagree. I think mm-hmm. surgery is is essential mm-hmm. to the to what we what we do medically. Yeah, in modern times, but, but surgery's been around for ages, and it you was not good. To, yeah, you well, yeah. As long as humans have been alive, basically, we've sort of been 
it's it's been this thing where oh um this person's uh this person's arm got injured and it's starting to smell funny and like look weird uh we should probably cut off the arm okay and so they do that and that's the surgery, but it sucks. <laughs> right, right. And then so, so without, without the development of anesthesia, surgery basically hit a brick wall. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do to a human being without anesthesia. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when, you know, laudanum was a thing, yep. they could, you know, gork somebody out on laudanum yeah. as much you as weren't they could. Exactly, but... You weren't exactly unconscious. You were kind of just kind of wiggy. Right, <laughs> right. And so there, but there, so there was still an extreme limit. <laughs> the medical to term, could... wiggy. Wiggy, yeah. yeah. Wiggy it, with it. So it... So there was such a limit to what you could do surgically without anesthesia. And anesthesia is foundational to so many other non-surgical medical advances, like right. certain diagnostic procedures that mm-hmm. you, you biopsies, can't, right? Yeah. You, you can't, you can't be doing that or, or, you know, with, uh, or, or certain, yeah, other, other procedures that require, they're, they're not surgical corrections, but they're diagnostic procedures. Like I said, biopsy, mm-hmm. um, certain scans maybe, mm-hmm. um, C-sections? C-sections, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, anesthesia is, uh, you know, essential. That's yeah. not... Well, I guess that's surgery, though. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's surgery. surgery. But but also... Well, no, uh, other... anesthesia is good for that. Right. Yeah. But, another, but other advances that are not surgical that were... are have been very beneficial to human health are any kind of dental intervention. You know, mm-hmm. the, the dental health of human beings is is extremely important for overall health. And to do a lot of dentistry, you really do require anesthesia mm-hmm. to do it properly. And and then and the only thing that has allowed surgery to develop to the level that it has is anesthesia. Because right. back in the, the old days, the essence was to do the thing fast, as fast as possible. You didn't right. have time to do it properly. Like in many cases, I'm sure that, that the, the patient, the amputation, for example, may have been successful, but the person may have bled out because mm-hmm. there was no opportunity to cauterize the blood vessel. Yeah, because that could be difficult. You can't. Yeah, you don't have time to. You don't have time to do that. To like, what is what is the word for it? To, the major blood vessels tie tie them off. To like to ligate it. Ligate. To, that's right. To ligate. I was or thinking litigate. I was thinking litigate. But... Litigate. Yeah, litigate against this uh, femoral <laughs> artery before it bleeds out. Yeah. No, to, you ligate it, which means you tie a, a knot around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or cauterize it. But some vessels. I mean, I mean, how are you supposed to cauterize the femoral? Oral artery, that yeah, is like a big fire hose, yeah. you know, of, of blood. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that anesthesia. I would put anesthesia, vaccines, and antibiotics in my top three. Yeah. And we um, were talking about how surgery had to be really, really fast, and I mentioned this surgeon from the nineteenth century. Nineteenth century. Yes. Um, yeah. Called uh, his name was Robert Liston, and he was known as the fastest knife in the West End because he could amputate a leg in like two minutes. Yeah, and <laughs> so he 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 was apparently known to have quite an ego about it as well. Like when he was about to amputate, he'd say, "Gentlemen, time me," and like people would come and watch. Like they didn't have Netflix back then, so you would come and watch an amputation just for fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. There was this one instance where he had a he had a three hundred percent death rate at one of his amputations <laughs> because the guy whose leg he was amputating died. There was another fellow who Robert got a little bit too um, enthusiastic with his with his uh, what do you call it? 
with his with his scalpel or his cleaver or whatever he had. He was he, sw- he, he was just swinging it around like a swashbuckler, and he ended up actually slicing one of his medical aides in the neck with it, and that medical aide fled out. And then there was just this other random guy who was there to watch it for fun, and he he like from watching this had a heart attack and died <laughs> just because it was so gruesome. And it's not funny. I can't believe you're laughing about that. <laughs> Why are you laughing about it? I don't know. I um. Anyway, yeah. I I'll have you know. Did I used patient, to I used to work in a funeral home. The so patient died too, though. Yeah, the patient died too. Okay. There's, wow. Well, you know, I have a twisted sense of humor. You know this. That, but just pointing out the uh, the importance of anesthesia. Yeah. Is that that uh, that surgery might have gone a lot better. It would have. Yeah. There would have been. Um, he would have been able to take his time, and um, litigate, the, <laughs> ligate, ligate the um, <clears throat> blood vessels. And do it properly and everything. I, th- I think, um, I don't know. I think I'd rather, if I needed to be, have my, like, have a limb amputated. I don't know. I think I'd basically just be like, well, I mean, just let me go. I'd rather just die. Well, you see, there's that, too, because, you know, the, the, the suffering in, in, endured by patients mm-hmm. for this, you know, to have this, this amputation done, which could be potentially life-saving. Maybe, mm-hmm. but but the other thing too is a lot of those amputations were being done prior to there being antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So okay, you might have chopped off a gangrenous limb, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe you you didn't solve the, the problem of an infection uh, coming on later. Right? Maybe you they know. maybe they just went into shock or something. One of the so that uh, can happen too. Yeah, they could go into shock, or you know, you could just not be able to take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a um, I heard about that that same surgeon. Robert, Robert, Robert Lister, Liston. Liston. I believe this is who um, my professor was talking about. This was in no, vet- I heard this about him too. What this, you told me. Okay, so. so it must be true because this was in veterinary school. And one of my veterinary school professors, he was um, one of the uh, equine veterinarians, and he told the story. And he was from Britain, so that might be why he had, was familiar with this. Right. With this Doctor Liston, he said that he was he, in the in the act of amputating a, a man's femur. Mm-hmm. which he did in something like 30 seconds flat. He also accidentally amputated uh, one of the man's testicles. Yep. And uh, so, you well, know, I guess the surgery was successful, but not exactly a- <laughs> the way it-, it was successful in its original aim. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But they got a little, little extra was, was amputated. Yep. yep. But I, I, yeah, going back to what you were saying, I mean, uh, I don't know that I would want to have a limb amputated or, or have any body part amputated, even yeah. if it was maybe going to prolong my life or save my life. Um, because just, you know, the suffering might not be yeah be worth it. I could live as an amputee, I feel like. But actually, going through going an amputation through. would be... I, I cringe. I cringe when I think of that. Yeah. Um, well, do you remember... Although there might have been times when an amputation wasn't as difficult as we might imagine it would be, mm-hmm. because that, that by the time you're amputating a limb, yeah, it's possible that the the bone the bone had deteriorated to such a point that it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be difficult. You yeah. remember that movie um, about the hiker who got caught in in the canyons, right? And he was in a slot canyon. He got his hand jammed between the canyon wall and a, and a falling boulder. Yeah, 127 hours. Okay, James right. Yeah. James Franco played this this hiker, and and he was stuck there for 127 hours. What yeah. is that? That's like four days Based or something. Based on a true story. Yeah, we're not very good at math, so we'll just not calculate that, you, shall we? Well, <laughs> our, yes, our Splanknik's math skills are, are not are not stellar. So anyway, he was in there for more than three days, mm-hmm. and uh, might have been 
might in five days. Okay. Anyway, but 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 one of the things that he was doing once he he realized that it was going to be feasible to mm-hmm. self amputate his his uh, hand mm-hmm. from basically the mid forearm down is he he saw it starting to just you could tell it was his hand was gone it was dead mm-hmm. and it was, and the the problem was starting to extend up into his his wrist into his forearm mm-hmm. and he had with him one of those um one of those uh, sort of uh, utility multi-tools that included a knife and some pliers right. and all that. And he like stuck it into his arm and he didn't feel it. And, yeah. and it felt to him, I think like the bone was spongy, like it was starting to deteriorate. Right. Yeah. And at that point, um, he just decided, well, I'm going to die here. Yeah. I can't feel this. I might as well go for it. So he, you know, tourniqueted his, his arm mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he, and he just went ahead, went at it and chopping it, chopping it. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the, the most painful aspect of doing that was when he had to sever the radial nerve because that mm-hmm. that you don't just do willy-nilly. That is was probably excruciating. <laughs> yeah. But he did it, and he did it badly, but he got free. Uh-huh. And if, for anyone who's never seen that movie, 127 Hours, it's excellent. It's pretty good. Yeah. he I was so touched by the fact that one of the things that, that, that sort of pushed this guy over at the edge to attempt this self-amputation was mm-hmm. he had a premonitory vision Mm-hmm. of his son yeah he was not even married at the time yeah <laughs> but he saw his son and he thought i have to do this mm-hmm. and so he did it and um and then he basically just hiked out of the of the area and um, yeah. his tourniquet wasn't it was starting to fail but but he ended up obviously having what surgeons would call revision surgery and yeah. otherwise they they did it right and i think he's i don't know if they went below or above the elbow but anyway that yeah he he only has one he has like uh-huh. a little what are those little he hook a, things mm-hmm a prosthetic, a yeah. Prosthetic, yeah. And apparently, he still goes on like hikes and adventures and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the the premise of the story, the reason he got stuck in in this canyon was because he uh, he just went off on one of his you know uh, solitary rambles into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Just say, see ya, and he didn't say to anyone where he was going. And so when he was gone for literally four or five days, no one knew where he was. Yeah. And so now he still goes on his uh, on his trips, but he always leaves a note where he's going. Mm-hmm. So, I think 127 hours is like a little over five. Here, days. look at this. I have a very powerful scientific device in my hand here that comes. It's called a phone. Oh, but it actually comes with a calculator. Oh, 127 hours you, divided by 24. That equals 5.29 days. Okay, so he was there for. A little over five days. Yeah. So, look at that. Five days. Technology. Yeah. Well, that was a good little mini conversation.